It's the weekly news and media talk show here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And a perfect uh, perfect day here in Ann Arbor for the weather. Tomorrow's supposed to be equally perfect. Not so out in Phoenix, Arizona. We'll get to the global warming thing in a second. Well, Donald Trump's having another grandpa moment. <laughs> grandpa week. I don't, you know, I don't think this guy's ever going to grow up. Uh, as the saying goes, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. And, uh, you know, the, the, the immaturity of the whole thing, you know, the thing with Mika Brzezinski. I haven't seen Morning Joe in ages, so I kind of vaguely remember it a little bit from 2008. Joe Scarborough used to be a kind of a kind of a protege of Newt Gingrich actually. Young congressman from Florida who uh, I think had a feeling that the Republicans were <laughs> imploding. So he became a celebrity. And Mika Brzezinski is basically the big new Brzezinski's daughter. Right, who apparently also uh suggested one of the uh, people who ended up becoming one of Trump's national security advisors on a low level, admittedly. But... Yeah. And uh, no face lift. Uh, Trump's obsession with blood and women is bizarre, to say the least. I'm going to use the word pathological again yeah. here. Um, but it's he treats the presidency as though it were nothing more than a television program. Yeah. Which, of course, there are aspects of the presidency that are on TV a lot. Sure, where he you know, watches himself it's, daily. It's one of those things where, you know, yeah, it's on TV because it's the president and it's news. Um, but you don't run your presidency as though you were running it as a television show. I right. Mean, because the weekend is sort of bookended by these two bizarre, petty outbursts, the, you know, Twitter war with the morning hosts of a TV news program. Um, that the we, only people that are watching are people that are up at six in the morning. Most people that are up at six in the morning are getting ready to go to work. Right. So. Yeah. I don't watch that show, you know, <laughs> whatever. But uh, now it's a news thing because the president's tweeting angrily about it in his full spasm mode. Uh, and then there's the weird clip that probably some, you know, uh, middle schooler edited of uh, uh, taking a video of an old appearance yeah. of Donald Trump, private citizen, worldwide made to wrestling. worldwide wrestling. And they put a CNN logo over the face of somebody who Trump then apparently body slams. But you know what? Fake news network president. Uh Everybody knows wrestling's fake. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So your whole gesture is fake. Yeah. He didn't even think that through. No. Of course the guy falls down like Trump hit him like a pile driver. Yeah. That's wrestling. Yeah. It's theater. And it's let's just theater. Let's face it, Trump carried about ninety nine percent of that crowd. <laughs> let's let's be honest. I and mean that crowd doesn't care about politics no. they don't read about politics they know mm. what they're fed through sound bites and of course his uh, <clears throat> connections to worldwide wrestling are <clears throat> well established uh, Lyndon Mc Linda McMahon uh, wife of Vince is actually the the head of the small business administration <laughs> um, 
you know, and more for, body slammings at cabinet meetings. That's what I want to see now. Well, for Trump to bring out a video from 2007 and use it in this manner is incredible. I mean, I, I kind of went back briefly and sort of was going through my brain about when Trump started all of this nonsense against the media. Of course, there were early attacks against individual journalists here and there, including famously Megyn Kelly. But she's turned out to be a bit of a fraud herself, in my opinion. Yeah, the, the whole let's interview Putin uh, bandwagon is uh, very tiresome. And let's and remember fruitless. that uh, Mitt Romney, uh, back in March of 2016, when he sort of became the first establishment Republican to kind of question, other than John Kasich as a candidate, Donald Trump's sanity, he was quoted as saying... Uh, on March 3rd of 2016, he said that uh, Trump is, quote, a phony, a fraud. His promises are as worthless as his degree from Trump University. Couldn't have been said better. The problem was, at that point, the momentum was, it was too late. And uh, the Southern primaries that were over and done with had pretty much catapulted Trump into the into the sort of insurmountable lead that he had. And the Republican Party really has yet to take a serious accounting of that fact that they lost their own party. Yeah. I mean, there's, oh, of course, yeah, Democrats lost seats. Democrats don't have any power in Washington at the moment. But the Republican Party is not functional. And right, and neither of them are. what they thought it was. And, of course, you know, the, their silence <clears throat> and their inability to really deal with Trump is... <clears throat> It's remarkable, but that's the, the nature of uh, our leadership in Washington. Um, I've been reading a biography of Ben Franklin by Gordon Wood, and Ben Franklin observed that most men, or he put it, the most affairs of men, <clears throat> are determined by men either with ambition or avarice. That men are worried about power and money. And that's Trump for you. Now, my recollection of when Trump really got going with this sort of relentless attack on the media was after the Hollywood video came out in October. Hmm. That's when he came up with fake news. He claimed that the election was rigged. He began to play the refs, as they say in sports. Uh, you see that in all kinds of sports, uh, playing the ref. Um, and he wanted to get that message out over and over that the media could not be trusted. And, of course, he's tapping into a kind of a paranoid right-wing, left-wing conspiracy theory about the media that's been around for quite some time. Uh, we saw a little bit of this on the left wing following 9-11, for instance, mm. that 9-11 was an inside job. Um my own opinion on that is it wasn't, but there were certainly were some unanswered questions that were covered up. Then there was another little phase after the inauguration. Uh, <clears throat> Sean Spicer got off to a terrible start. Terribly and hilarious. Hilarious, because it was, shall we say, galvanized in our memories on Saturday Night Live within a week. And... Um, Trump began to relitigate the election. And, of course, he had done that in December as well. 
claiming that there was voter fraud. <laughs> and we now actually have a commission investigating this. It's incredible. Right. Uh, the good news on that is, is that uh, so far 30 states are saying this is an inappropriate request and the privacy of our voting rolls is a matter for this state right. to be concerned with. Uh, not you. <laughs> and sir. elections are state matters. So Correct. The, ironically, some of the states that have protested the loudest are actually red states. Um, then, of course, Trump had another spasm against the media after... Michael Flynn was sort of forced out. This is when he came up with the enemy of the people accusation and reiterated the phrase over and over, fake news, repeating it. As though allowing a uh, man who'd been proven to be, well, not proven, but uh, strongly suspected of being blackmailable by the Russians to be a, a secure guy to trust national security matters with, that's not being an enemy of the people. Sure. And of course, pointing it out is Trump's uh, other spasm came after the Comey business that went on for a couple of weeks. And I dare say that the last week has really been about Trump's lower support in the in, in the opinion polls. I think Trump has kind of bottomed out. Um, but I don't think he's going back up much. I think that his base is solid. I think this is part of the Bannon strategy. And that's the end of it. But the problem for the republic at the moment, and I use that word in honor of our <laughs> 4th of July holiday coming up tomorrow. Of course, that was the Declaration of Independence. We didn't have a republic until the Articles of Confederation were abandoned after being ineffective. Is that the Republican Party is afraid to confront Trump. There's just no leadership in Washington that's confronting Trump on any of this. It's sort of like, oh, he's the crazy uncle in the attic he's that we don't want to talk about. He's new at the job. That was uh, Paul Ryan's uh, famous comment about a month ago. And then, you know, when asked about these, you know, spasms of uh, the, the Twitmeister uh, regarding the media over the last week, Paul Ryan's comment is, I, I want to talk about something else. Well, we would all love to talk about other things. Yeah. But can't we talk to you, Paul Ryan, uh, purported intellectual leader of the Republican Party? What are you guys going to do about this maniac? Yeah. And, and I mean, I called on Trump to resign a long time ago, personally. I thought he was way out of bounds for accusing Barack Obama of, quote, tapping the Trump Tower. Uh, no evidence has been produced to support that. And, of course, Trump's litany of lies is getting longer by the by the week. Uh, one of the remarkable things, too, about Trump is his personal attacks against some of the leaders in our republic. Uh, it, it's, it, it, it's remarkable. This is what he said of Paul Ryan on the 11th of October. Our very weak and ineffective leader, Paul Ryan. It was, of course, before the election. Uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's remarkable stuff. And, of course, the collection of these tweets is <clears throat> not going to go down in history as, as great literature. <laughs> it's not even as good as Holden Caulfield. And uh, 
It's pretty frightening. And of course, what we've seen this weekend, interestingly, is the, is is one of the <clears throat> problems with the whole healthcare uh, quagmire. What is it? Eleven states are operating without a budget. Several states have closed the doors. Chris Christie, <laughs> he's suntanning himself <laughs> on a beach in north new, the northern shores of. New Jersey. You, you want to enjoy some quality time on the beach in New Jersey, despite a number of beach closings? By golly, run for governor. Yeah. That's actually what he said. Run for in governor. In so many words. Yeah, you want a house on the beach? Run for governor. You can have a whole beach to yourself. <laughs> what what a remarkable public relations disaster for some, well, you know, somebody uh, that's 15% in the, right, in the polls. Right. Can't get any lower. Public relations disaster no longer applies to Chris Christie. He's a walking public relations disaster. He's also a walking F.U. Yeah. sign right in the air. He's flipping the bird uh, with both hands at everybody who's looking. I mean, what else can you say? He does not care. No. And, of course, he's a da- he's damaged goods. You know, remember that he was one of Trump's main surrogates during the election. Part of the transition team. Then he was leader of the transition team for like 28 hours or something and ended up under the bus, and they're still looking for the bus. It might be on a beach in New Jersey. Maybe uh, Chris Christie is suntanning his toes. Well, <laughs> he actually said, I, I wasn't getting that sun. bus. Uh, his spokesman said, well, he was wearing a hat, so he wasn't really getting that much sun. Okay. Well... What does that even mean? I mean, come on. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, that's the comical side of state government being closed. But, uh, I mean, this is the, the, the notion that we're going to push the health care costs onto the states. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they don't have any money to deal with these problems. They don't They're not willing to... for the lifeguards and the trash collectors who work the beaches. Yeah. I mean, they're privatizing services in many states. Um, I would kind of argue if you look sort of objectively at the United States of America, probably there are only a handful of states that are even on sound physical soil anymore. Uh, Illinois, for instance, has a massive problem with unpaid and unfunded pensions. This is not an imaginary problem. This, this problem exists in other states and the notion that we're going to push Medicaid onto the states, well, what are they going to do? They're going to have to raise taxes somehow. How's that going to be handled? We don't know. And, of course, the Health Care uh, Reform Act that Trump now wants to repeal without a replacement. <laughs> That's his new uh, strategy on that one. Just trash it and... Uh... We'll just whip something together. We'll work on it tomorrow. Uh, it's always tomorrow with Trump. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I guess that one of the observations I would make halfway through the year is the interesting sort of change in the world dynamics. Um, you know, it's it's fascinating that the United States is having a kerfluffle, to say the least, with Qatar and Saudi Arabia. Germany and France seem to be up. Great Britain, way down. 
Trump has been the best, best president China's ever had. Uh, he's abdicated leadership in all sorts of areas. And he has conducted somewhat risky, um, not quite rational maneuvers in the South China Sea, around North Korea. It's almost like he's trying to create a Gulf of Tonkin incident or something. And we know that war with North Korea is not going to turn out well for South Korea. Uh, because there we actually have a leader who's even more incompetent than Trump. And I don't think we can say that about too many world leaders. But Kim Jong-un is. And uh, the, the attacks on the media are bizarre because, you know, with Nixon, it was private bugging. You know, he was interested in Dan Shore and Joseph Kraft and uh, Anderson. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Jack Anderson. In fact, uh, there are some indications that a couple of the Watergate burglars uh, even came up with a proposal to assassinate Jack Anderson. They were rummaging right. through his trash. But Nixon's attacks on the media were <laughs> covert. He attacked the media occasionally, but not the way Trump does. And I don't see how this helps him, other than it undermines our faith in institutions. Uh, the media, of course, is not perfect, but there is a corrections page. Yeah. The White and, House doesn't uh, posted a corrections page on their website. No, they have no corrections. In fact, they double down on all sorts of false assertions. And it's exceedingly problematic because I think that <clears throat> at this point, even with our allies, some of our closest allies in the world, I think Canada, by the way, that celebrated their sesquicentennial over the weekend, is just sort of ignoring Trump. They aren't going to say much about him at all. But clearly... You've know, already said they'll work with states and cities yeah. on environmental matters. Yeah, and that, of course, is is one of Trump's uh, areas of disaster, uh, the promotion of pollution. You know, it's interesting that on the 5th... And the dismissal of uh, serious, you know, uh, academic experts yeah. on global climate matters uh, from advisory panels. Yeah, an appearance over the weekend by Stephen Hawking on a BBC interview, if you wish to look that one up online. Um, it's interesting, uh, just on the 5th of February, like literally two weeks into Trump's presidency, <clears throat> a document, this is from Eric Lipton, carried the title, A Roadmap to Repeal, a Concise List of Obama Administration Environmental Regulations that a Koch brothers back group was pressing Trump and Congress to quickly reverse after Inauguration Day. They've done it. It's uh, fossil well, fuels, pollution, dumping of chemicals, and... That's where you got to hold up your promises made, yeah. promises kept sign. Uh, but what you don't see is the small print in the bottom that says paid for by the Koch brothers. And not actually revealed to the voting public. You know, of course, Trump attacked global warming as a hoax. He hasn't produced any evidence to support his uh, his theory, and much evidence has been produced to support that this is happening. 
fortunately, the world is moving on away from Donald Trump. He doesn't have a group of countries that are following him. He's insulted Germany. He's insulted Australia. <laughs> he's, he's really, uh, and Britain is, is kind of so muddled up with their own problems. Well, he did accept uh, Macron's invitation to uh, spend Bastille Day in Paris. And let's not forget the bromance. He'll be meeting with Putin. Yeah. Coming up. Of course, he's not busy briefing for that, nor is he taking any steps to make any punitive measures towards Russia for what all intelligence agencies now agree. There was Russian attempts to meddle with the election. Uh, nary a word from the orange one. Yes, the orange angry grandpa. You know, I have a, a big file on global warming issues that go back several years. <clears throat> you have uh, an article here by Tom Friedman, lengthy. Without water revolution, the Syrian regime ignored a devastating drought radicalizing its citizens. It's talking about the farmers in Syria uh, back in 20. 11, 2012. Um, satellite shows, this is from the 29th of August. Satellite uh, show sea ice in Arctic is at record low. They actually have a map from uh, NASA showing the profound melting of Arctic sea ice from 1979 uh, compared to August 26, 2012. Not even close. <clears throat> this is from the 9th of January, 2013. 2012 was the hottest ever in the United States. Not even close. Temperatures that year averaged over a degree Fahrenheit above normal. <clears throat> Here's one from the 15th of September. Nearly all the globe's excess heat is going to one place, the oceans. <clears throat> and it shows the <clears throat> warming of the oceans uh, since the 1930s. Remarkable stuff. That's the foundation of uh, everybody's food chain. And, of course, we mentioned before that the Great Barrier Reef in Australia is uh, literally dying before our eyes. Here's one from uh, just a couple of... Uh, Months ago, in December, giraffes are vulnerable to extinction. Talks about the giraffe population literally dying out because of <clears throat> habitat uh, decline and, of course, illegal poaching and that sort of thing. It's just remarkable stuff, and there's no science that counteracts this. Even Trump can't come up with that. <laughs> All they can do is make scientists go away, uh, browbeat them into, well, you know, say it this way. Well, um, that's not what the facts, you know, depict. Sure. And well, you, thanks for your participation. We'll see you later. Goodbye. And when you have the Koch brothers making uh, <clears throat> environmental policy, <laughs> that's uh, problematic. <clears throat> it's not good for the planet. It's not good for America. Trump's other big accomplishment in nearly six months in office is the war zone. I did a little calculation of the areas we're now involved in. It's the size of the subcontinent of India. 
we have an ongoing debate about whether to send more troops to Afghanistan. A war without end. Without purpose. Without purpose, with no rational objectives uh, that have anything to do with America's problems. And this, of course, is one of Donald Trump's main problems. He doesn't address America's problems. He addresses his own problems, his ego problems, his adulation problem. He's like that wicked witch in Snow White who looks at the mirror all day. Yeah. Who's the fairest of them all. And I don't know what that's all about, but uh, it's it's a sad situation uh, given these these recent spasms of literally insanity. We expect the president of the United States to act like an adult. It's not happening. Yeah, I never had a lot of respect for George W. Bush's uh, intelligence or a lot of his decisions, but he behaved, for the most part, yeah, like an adult. A goofy one, and one who'd been helped along uh, over the years in various ways. But like the other presidents that we've had, whether you agree with them or not on policy, the, the you know, the presidents have a position in the world in which... They have to behave like adults. Or even, I'm going to say it, like a human being. Yeah. You know, George W. Bush could show sadness and emotion and contrition sure. and, you know, the full range of emotions. We we only see uh, boastful anger from this president. And he isn't funny. It's like that line from <laughs> Monty Python. That's not funny. Nothing about Trump is funny except looking at him and and realizing that he's a buffoon, but he's so serious all the time. He is humorless. Insecure uh, to a fault. I mean, literally. This uh, was from Saturday's uh, editorial page of the opinion on the uh, New York Times, and it made me laugh out loud, but again, masking the sadness that the situation really represents. Uh, The little piece is entitled Mr. Trump Melting Under Criticism. Uh, It reads uh, briefly as follows. He so clearly lacks the toughness of George Washington, who once privately observed that his critics, quote, arrows never can reach the most vulnerable part of me, close quote. Uh, Trump lacks the confidence of Dwight Eisenhower, who said when asked if he thought his press coverage was fair, quote, well, when you come down to it, I don't see what a reporter could do much to a president. Do you? Close quote. And... Are we really about to write this sentence? Mr. Trump lacks the grace Richard Nixon showed, at least in public. Uh, and then he goes on to quote Nixon, outraged. Uh, I've never heard or seen such outrageous, vicious, distorted reporting in 27 years of public life. Yet he added, I am not blaming anybody for that. Perhaps what happened is what we did, is that what we did brought it about. Sure. And Nixon at least was <laughs> that honest. <laughs> Here in this one instance. Well, and he understood that the press has a role in, in, in our the way our country works. And that know? actions have consequences. It's called the First Amendment. It's called the Fourth Estate. It's part of the tradition of our society. There have been many vicious political campaigns throughout American history. This is well documented. The notion that somehow the media is being more unfair to Donald Trump than it, it's been uh, his predecessors is just not factual but then not much of trump's presidency has been factual 
And that's part of the problem is that he sort of lives in this make-believe world of the um, virtual president. He well, he, uh, he doesn't – I don't understand why, for instance, when he came in, he clearly had an opportunity to get moving on infrastructure. There was clear-cut, bipartisan, widespread support. Strategically, that yeah. was the move to make. That was the move to make. But he didn't want to do that. No, no, no. He wanted to get into divisiveness related to repealing and replacing Obamacare, which, oh, who knew that it would be so complicated? Duh. Or his famous comment that he didn't realize the presidency would be more difficult than, quote, running his business. Well, he was just a, a man who welched on his debts and uh, filed for bankruptcy. He's an expert on bankruptcy. That's the problem with Trump running our country like a business. What does he know? <laughs> Not much, Joe. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, he's bolstering his support with his base. That's the Bannon strategy. Well, maybe he can <clears throat> buy a nice parcel of land someplace and uh, they might follow him there and crown him king. And the sad part of it, of course, is that that base, <clears throat> despite all of the divisions within the Republican Party, and there are many in the Democratic Party as well, that becomes the ipso facto primary matchup. This is why the Republicans are so timid. There's so many of them are worried about the Tea Party challenge. Well, quite frankly, that's not a real problem in a lot of areas in the United States of America. And guts, courage, decency, where are the statesmen in the United States Congress <laughs> in the Republican Party? You know, you occasionally get a critique from Jeff Flake or Ben Sass or Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski. But you get nothing from Mitch McConnell and very little from Paul Ryan. It's his, his rebuking of Trump is quite timid. It's frightening. Um, one of the things about Trump's presidency that one would think should be so clear to the American people is that it's the congressional branch of government that needs to step up anyway. Indeed. With all these problems. And, of course, the derailed health care situation, we have no idea where, where that's going to end up. Um, obviously, more negotiations are forthcoming and deals and private deals are going to be cut so that Trump can, quote, claim a win. He's so worried about a win that he's willing to sell his soul to the devil to get it. And that is a sad commentary on Trump's presidency so far. This foolishness, this amateur act that just will never seem to cease. It's sad. His wife was supposed to be in charge of cyberbullying. <laughs> Where's she been? I don't know. Well, I think she actually was quoted as saying something that, well, you know, when he's pushed, he'll push back. Yep. <clears throat> well, I want to end on a kind of a, something of a positive sure. note. Uh, tomorrow, of course, is Independence Day. It also marks the 200th anniversary of the beginning of the Erie Canal. Oh, yeah. The construction thereof, which, of course, was crucial in establishing New York's economic primacy over Virginia. Uh 
for that much of and it. And the but Midwest. Also, but also opening up the Midwest and uh, Michigan's uh, be- 